five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Android Show, we are back. So if you're new to the Android podcast, welcome. And if you're a returning Android listener, welcome back. So Barry, how's it going? The Mo is looking well. Yeah, um... If you aren't aware yet, myself and Ross actually started doing Movember for the, for the month. Uh, it was actually Ross's idea to come up with it. Uh, Ross, you want to explain how you came up with the concept and uh, what Movember is? Because some people mightn't even know. Right, well, I didn't come up with the concept, but uh, I just saw this year it was Movember. And when I clicked into Movember, it was a thing for men's mental health. So I decided, I just rang Barry and I was like, here, do you want to do Movember? Because it was actually quite funny because we, we had this big sort of pumpkin post and we were going to like promote the Halloween and like have a bit of crack with that but then when I saw yeah. November I was like that's a, an actual cause so we're just like here look we'll go for it. we talk about mental health all the time so yeah. we might as well raise some money for it um, look we have a decent enough size audience that we might as well try and use it for some good so look people have been very very generous so far uh, we have they over, have yeah we have over 300 euro raised uh, the goal is 1000 euro um, basically the way I see it going is that will probably over the next two weeks probably get to maybe about 500 euro max and then the last sort of week and a half I think that's where everyone donates again when they see you have a stupid looking moustache yeah but uh, yeah loads of people donated so far so it's been great uh, do you want to give a shout out to anyone who donated yeah we just want to mention some of the people that have donated uh, first one's Dear McGrundy Kira Sutton Rory Crowley Mark Hanrahan uh, Rob Quinn Jade Wilson Mark Hoslow Andy Fitzsimons, loading, uh, Aoife Clark, and Adrian Domican. So yeah. uh, thanks a million, guys and girls, for getting involved and supporting us because uh, it's going to a great, great cause. Uh, if you didn't tune into last week's podcast, we were discussing Tyson Fury on the Joe Rogan podcast and how deep he got about discussing mental health and how you should set mini goals and try and just get a bit more active and... Uh, like we even sort of set the goal ourselves to even start training more together because like practice what you preach sort of thing yeah. you know and uh because we shaved off the beards um we were like jesus that's a double chin and a half yeah uh so we were like right we have to start going back training more so mm-hmm. uh it was actually almost uh, like a extra encouragement to get going as well yeah. wasn't it because like looking in the mirror i, I went from uh Four out of ten to uh, a three out of ten. I would have said two point eight, <laughs> but like fair enough. Round, you have to round it up, man. <laughs> but uh, it, it was weird actually looking at the photograph of us with no beards because like yeah, people messaged me like, "Why are you putting a picture when you use when you're sixteen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, this picture looks terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's one of those things where it's for a good cause, hospital. Yeah. In fairness, we also donated ourselves, so like yeah, yeah we're we're not asking everyone for their money and then we're not donating ourselves. So that I think that's important as well. Uh, yeah, look, the training really helps uh, feel a lot better. And uh, I felt like back in the good old days when we used to train together and just like, it's enjoyable. I think that's what's really important about it. Yeah. And we're not like, we're not going for the sake of going. Uh, I know, yeah. I think a few times when we were like, right, we're back at it. We'd yeah. go like four days in a row, couldn't move. And then the next week we're like, ah, forget about that. But like, if we're just... Yeah, like, we're also what? like, listen to our bodies a bit more as well as in like when you're doing the sets and like you're doing you're on a third set and you're like here man like i'm actually broken there's no point doing a fourth set if tomorrow you can't move training smarter then yeah. harder yeah yeah like last week we went three times we went to belfast as well yeah uh went to, got pancakes you know yeah. what i mean 
I've got pancakes again this week. <laughs> Very, it's like a, the Monday ritual. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's basically what we're doing. We're going to discuss a bit about Belfast in next week's rugby podcast because uh, that was like an eye-opening trip, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll get into that. Yeah, but we, Barry, we just went up for the day and had a look around. What's on today's show? Okay. On today's show, we're going to be discussing UFC 230 from Madison Square Garden. Uh, we're also going to be looking at Floyd Mayweather's MMA debut. That will be happening on New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. And then we're also going to be looking at all the UFC and boxing news this weekend as UFC rolls into Denver this weekend. And also David Bellew is looking to win. Tony up- Bellew. <laughs> Tony Bellew. You said David. Who's it? <laughs> I, think, I think you're watching David Hay press conference. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. David Bellew, a.k.a. Tony Bellew, uh, is taking on Usyk to try and win all the belts. So uh, All the belts. Yeah, so it's going to be a decent show today anyway. So, Yeah, I think we're going to kick off at UFC 30, live from Madison Square Garden. Did you feel a bit of nostalgia watching it in MSG, considering we were there last year? Yeah. Um, see, last year when we went... It, well, it was better. It was yeah. <laughs> well, it was a card not to be missed, and they also put so much more effort into it, having like the competition outside, and there was a lot more buzz. Obviously, we were there. If it, do you know what? It didn't actually seem like it was a pay per view last week. There was not much effort put in to promote the card. Uh, like even on the open workouts, like nobody was posting. There was no real. There was no real buzz about it. No. Why do you think that? Um. Well, first of all, it wasn't Halloween this year. Like, the weekend fell a bit earlier this year in the year and I just felt the card wasn't as good like last year you had the return of GSP against Bisping for the middleweight title yeah. you had the grudge match between Garbrandt and Dillashaw and then you had Yoanni and Jacek fighting Rosenham Yunus amongst other fights as yeah. well so it was a really 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 uh, big card last time yeah, yeah you had like Paolo Costa fighting on the card as well last year it was pretty impressive yeah but it was there was so much hype when Cormier was taking on Stipe Miocic to become the champ champ and then I just thought that was just going to snowball into this event especially coming off the Conor McGregor versus Khabib fight I thought yeah. the event was going to stay hot aka my balls are hot yeah, literally yeah. but uh, it it didn't really live up to the hype no I, I feel like the build up now yeah but I feel like everyone could tell the skill difference between the two fighters I mean like Derek Lewis He's either going to hit you with the right hand or he's going to lose sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Daniel Cormier, he's just like such a high-level mixed martial artist. It's actually frightening. He did He did some of the moves he did against uh, Lewis were absolutely insane. You know what I mean? It was, it was just... The golfing class was vastly different. It was. It was massively. Yeah. Massively different. It, it, was, it was almost like re-watching um, DC versus Volkan. You know what I mean? It's two different different fighters. It is. Well, DC, it's amazing how good DC is and so, like, ahead of the pack. In both divisions, it's actually frightening, isn't it? And, yeah. how, and he's almost 40. Yeah, but also, if you, if you learn, if someone never watched mixed martial arts before and they were like, right, these these guys get in a cage and they fight and you lined up 10 people, you never pick DC out as the best one. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like, small little fat fella, like, yeah. really, you yeah. know what I mean? He actually is quite small. Yeah. And Derek Lewis was about, what, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, or something? Yeah. Has a cut to make heavyweight. Yeah. Um, well, in fairness, the UFC did try and scramble to make this card work. Remember, yeah. there, like, Nate Diaz was meant to fight Poirier. Uh, also, like, Sar- was it Eubanks was meant to then take off Zervchenko. They scrapped that. There was talks of Romero taking off Gustafsson. Scrapped that. And then, last minute, Cormier versus Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis was after fighting on UFC 229 as well. So, it was a bit of a all-over-the-place card, you know? And then, even Luke Rockhold was meant to be on the card as well. I think, I think if it was... 
UFC 231, Lewis versus Cormier. There'll be more hype for the fight because I feel like they have more time to build. But you can actually sort of tell the UFC like scrambled together and just threw two lads in there. You know what I mean? There was no, oh, Derek Lewis earned this. In you go. You know what I mean? Also, yeah. the fact that DC was already like supposed to be fighting Brock Lesnar in advance, that it felt like they just threw DC in there. You know what I mean? It did. It, um, it, there wasn't a feeling of... They didn't plan to make this fight. This fight wasn't in the pipeline. It was no. like, here, look, this is what we have. There you go. Yeah. Um, do you think if like, DC would, would have taken on Steve and the the car would have been bigger or no? Um... Because it really, it really lacked that real like yeah, determination to stay up till five a.m. in the morning to watch it as well. You know what I mean, even mm. after the event, DC was sort of bit, fans started booing as they left. Yeah, people you know I mean? were sort of leaving early as well. They didn't wait to see him being given the second belt. Yeah. Uh, I don't think DC would have taken the fight against Stipe. Stipe has a lot more facets to his game. He's not going to take it on a month's notice with yeah. an injured hand. Well, I can't really blame him. Yes, in hindsight, now looking at, it, I almost think. UFC should have held off the UFC 232 press conference to the following week on the 25th anniversary. Uh, I feel like maybe Gustafsson and Jones and then Cyborg and Man Nunes maybe took a bit of the shine off the card as well. People were almost getting hyped about that fight more so than the DC fight. Well, before we move into the UFC 230 card from the weekend, yes, you're correct. The press conference for UFC 232, the end of year UFC show, was on John Jones, Alexander Gustafsson, Chris Cyborg, and Amanda Nunes were all on stage. Uh, what did you make of the back and forth between all four of the people? Because uh, Cyborg and Amanda Nunes was actually very entertaining. <laughs> it actually was. For yeah. two people who were like speaking not their native tongue, yeah. I was very impressed. And I was very impressed that like, neither of them actually got so annoyed they broke into their native tongue at one stage. Yeah. Um, look, I think Cyborg were like, Look scary as ever, and then Amanda Nunes like she looks like really up for the challenge, and uh, there was like some good like sort of goading taunts between them, yeah. like you know Cyborg was like, "Oh, you need nine months to get ready for me," and then Amanda Nunes was like, "Yeah, I did need nine months, but now I'm gonna be ready and I'm gonna beat you," and I, I was like, "I was like, oh, well, I'm really looking forward to this fight." But the only thing was is when Amanda Nunes was fighting a bantamweight, she always looked far larger than her opponent, but when she actually squared off with Cyborg, I was like, Cyborg's still way bigger than her. She is, yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, wow. But great verbal sparring from two people who, like, I wouldn't overly try and sit down and watch an interview with. If you, if you look into the future now, Cyborg hasn't been that amazing in her last few fights. Whereas yeah. Amanda Nunes has looked great in her, in her last few yeah. fights. So it's, this, it, it probably will be more competitive than some people would think. Yeah, I, I actually sort of looking at it, I think maybe Amanda Nunes could beat her. You know what I mean? Which is the first time I've ever thought someone could beat her. Or, or maybe Cyborg needs someone that is very, very competitive to bring out the best in her. Because I'm sure she has like, loads of stuff in her arsenal that she hasn't even unleashed yet on some poor woman. Yeah, I'm sure like we've never really seen the Cyborg Jiu-Jitsu game. You know exactly, what I mean? Not yeah. Really, like, and like, Amanda Nunes might bring that out. And, and then I know, I know there's all these conversations about like who's the greatest or who's the best and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, but, like, the winner of this fight is the best of all time. Yeah, in the women's yeah. division. Yeah. yeah, in the women's. If yeah. Cyborg beats Amanda Nunes, the greatest ever. If Amanda Nunes beats Cyborg, the greatest ever. Yeah, because yeah, she like Amanda Nunes only then like she has to somehow fight Holly Holm because then she's like beating Ron Rousey, beating Misha Tate, beating Cyborg. She needs to somehow fight Holly Holm just because like that's almost like the other four best women. Yeah, I'm sure that there'll be a fight in that division. Holly Holm getting involved, maybe fighting Durandamy again if Durandamy yeah. wins this weekend in Denver, maybe. Yeah, 
But uh, their back and forth was great. And like I was almost not too excited that they were on stage. I was All I was looking forward to was Jones Gustafson. And then Jones Gustafson was also quite a good back and forth. Because Gustafson was like, I beat you the last time. I beat you the last time. But then Jones had some good quips. He was like, did you beat Phil Davis? He's like, no. He's like, did you beat DC? No. He's like, did you beat Rumble Johnson? No. But you beat me though, yeah? And he was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just go back and forth. I thought Gustafson... Jones even said himself, goes, Jesus, man, you're showing a bit of personality fronts. Yeah. Well, in fairness, that Jones-Gustafson fight last time was uh, possibly one of the greatest light heavyweight fights ever. And that's why this one is going to be so exciting as well. Because mm. who knows what John Jones is going to get step into the octagon. Uh, Gustafson is that... John Jones has actually fought more recently than Gustafson has as well. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Gustafson's... Like a couple of fights against like John Jones against Daniel Cormier have been like are going to take years off his life. So yeah. maybe he needs this time off. Something like Chris Weidman could probably do yeah. as well. You know, I was actually happy John Jones like he didn't apologize anymore. He's like, here, look, I've done all the apologizing. Like that, that's it done. Like he's like, I'm here, I'm back. And I was sort of thinking if John Jones comes back and he just three more years gets nine fights in, three fights a year. I was like. If he wins nine more times, he's the best of all time. And yeah. no one can even like question him. The way he carries himself is unbelievable. Uh. Like it, it, it's not like McGregor, but it's sort of like he's so con- confident. Like if yeah. he walks into a room, like you, how like you must be extremely confident walking into a room, knowing you could kick everyone's ass, yeah. no matter who's there. Yeah. Even Daniel Cormier sitting there, you're like, I'll kill him as well. Yeah, yeah. Like no matter no matter who has all the belts, like he is. To rob a line for Tyson Fury, the lineal light heavyweight champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And his fight versus Gus was the best light heavyweight fight of all time. And I'm excited to see where he comes back. And the little shove at the end, I thought it was just a bit of yeah. on the cake. It was really like, uh, sort of, ha, here's a bit of a, you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, Gus was like, oh, he's not very strong. But you can actually tell, like, Jones didn't like try to like shove him off the stage. It was more of a, Here's a bit of a... Yeah, it was know, like a shoulder. Stir. It was yeah. a bit of a stir. Yeah. The way like, he stood in front of him, yeah. then he stood back in front yeah. of him. Yeah. yeah, it was like kids play, really. Yeah, but like, was... John Jones knows how to sell a fight, and like, there's going to be no heart, bad blood between the two of them yeah. after that. But, uh, but this 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 pay-per-view definitely raised 600,000, which is a lot yeah. these days. That's the thing. Like, obviously, UC 229, Conor vs. Khabib was massive. This one was always going to fall, fall short. Uh, then UC 231, that's going to be in Canada... Max Holloway taking on Brian Ortega that's going to be a great event mm. as well especially in Canada that'll sell out, that probably could sell out the arena and then obviously the end of year show UC 32 Brian uh, sorry uh, John Jones versus Gustafson yeah. Cyborg Amanda Nunes like that card is going to blow everyone's head I, I think I think the, uh, at the bottom line of a pay for you and most people don't realise this but it's like do you go out on, on a night out on Saturday night or do you stay in and spend $60 on yeah. a UFC pay-per-view? And that's the question. And is Cyborg Nunez, Jones Gustin 2, good enough to sit in for $60? It is. It is, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It was Lewis Cormier. Probably not. No. You know what I mean? It was Because we also, sorry for interrupting, we also like knew going into that that Derek Lewis only had a puncher's chance. Yeah. And did, like was not going to be able to do any damage to Daniel Cormier, which in fact it actually turned out yeah. to be correct. But it was sort of like, when you really know what's going to happen, are you going to stay in? Oh. I, 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 I get, like, we did, yeah. but looking at everyone else, no. You know no, what I mean? Uh, no, it was like, it's like, we have to do it. We're different. We're not the same as everyone else. But it was really like, if it was your mate's 30th birthday or 25th birthday and he was like, you coming out tonight? You know what I mean? If Jones Gustin was fighting, you'd be like, yeah, but I have to go home for a certain time. Yeah. As opposed to, if it was Lewis Cormier, you'd be like, 
I'll rewatch those fights in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. So UFC thirty, Barry, or two thirty. UFC yeah. thirty. UFC two thirty. <clears throat> Where do you want to start in the card? Right. Well, we'll just kick it off with uh, Adesanya defeating Derek Brunson in the first round by KO. Uh, Israel Adesanya is now a bit of a showstopper now, Ross. What What do you make of his like rise in the UFC? I actually look at Israel Adesanya and I think. The bigger and better opponent you put in front of him, the bigger and better performance you get from him. I've never seen someone like rise to the occasion like this in a very long time. They've already made like comparisons to like John Jones and Conor McGregor with him. The way he carries himself, they're like that's like Conor McGregor, and like the way he like implements his style against his opponent, they're like that's like John Jones. And like I think he really is his own sort of character, but you can see where the comparisons are made. He sort of has like he talks a good game as well, and. What was most impressive for me in this, it wasn't actually the finish himself. It was the composure after he had Brunson hurt. He, like, still picked the shots. He didn't just, like, run at him and throw, like, wild shots out there. Everything was so, like, clinical and precise. And now he's, you know, could be the next contender for the middleweight belt. That's the thing. It, it almost looked like he had Derek Brunson beaten before the fight itself. Yeah. Just to, even in the build-up. Like, yeah, Brunson's so angry. Yeah. And also, like, you, it was quite funny because... Brunson grabbed his shorts and like he like flipped the lid over and then he, he gave him the finger in the octagon. I haven't seen that in a while. I was like, he's Nate Diaz as well. I was like, this fella's a mix of everyone. And look, he nullified Brunson's wrestling game and Brunson's one of the best wrestlers in the UFC at middleweight. That's the thing. He made, made him like, and Brunson's beaten some of the best of the best mm. and he made him seem very, very uh, bog standard. Um, there, there was discussions after about Israel Adesanya who, like they, they're, the press were asking Dana White who should he take on next Dana White says he has a name in mind he wouldn't give it away very Dana White but uh, if you had to have a prediction who do you think it would be because there was th- people were pushing the possibility of Anderson Silva oh I think uh, him versus Anderson Silva would absolutely be brilliant I'm sort of looking at the middleweight rankings and I was like who is he going to fight next because if it was Jack Ray you probably would have said Jack Ray so I I know there was people were sort of saying Luke Rockhold, but his injuries look so bad he won't we won't be seeing him for a while. Also, Adesanya is more of a stand a stand up fighter, whereas uh, Jack Ray likes to get people down. So maybe yeah. that could be a step too far. Especially looking back at Darren Till losing to Woodley, you don't want to like crush another potential superstar as well, you know. Yeah. And like think about it, if Adesanya Adesanya said himself he wants to be the first person to the, the first. Step in, what's it? Oh, he wants to be the standing opponent for yeah. Whitaker versus Gaston, which I think he will be. Yeah, and that'll be that isn't is that over in Australia as well? I, I think it's meant to be. I I think I actually think that's gonna be UFC two thirty four. There's no it's like a TBA where that two thirty four is gonna be. I think they're waiting to see if Whitaker is gonna be fit for it, they'll do it in Australia. And if he's not, they'll probably move it somewhere else and have someone else fight on the card. Yeah. You see that Whitaker Gaston fight is very far away and maybe Adesanya should fight again because he's fresh mm. as anything. So like he obviously represents New Zealand. Robert Whitaker is obviously from New Zealand, but represents Australia and New Zealand as well. So like, if UFC really wanted to grow the brand even bigger again in Australia, that would be a great fight to have as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Think about like the popularity for both of them because win or lose, the UFC wins. And like we yeah. actually we have a decent audience as well from Australia as well, so that would help us as well. You know, it's it's actually crazy to think that uh, someone like Robert Whitaker, Adesanya, or Mark Hunt. You know what I mean? Like. They're from New Zealand or Australia, but like once they fight in either country, like they're like, that's our guy. If yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But if you look them in the rugby, they're so such enemies. You know what I mean. Are, yeah, yeah. It's mad to think like how it's such a sport. Although everyone in the UK is like, go on McGregor, and like everyone in Ireland is a bit like go Darren Till. You know what I mean. So I think sometimes 
they just have to be from the general location that yeah, you're like yeah. that's our guy yeah uh, yeah so what Israel Adesanya you'd like to see Anderson Silva next I, I think that would be a perfect fight for him I think it's very good stylistic matchup you get probably get a good knockout I almost think it's not a great fight for Anderson Silva's take yeah uh, but other than that I, I don't really see who else are they going to put him up in there against I'm sure if David Branch won I'd be like maybe David Branch would be a good fight what if uh Say if Adesanya was taking on Anderson Silva, would that be a good fight to headline ESPN's first card, UFC card? Very much potentially so, but... Or would it be the... the Adesanya, come in? He, did, he did say he'd like to take time off. Like, he doesn't want to train for Christmas this oh, year. Yeah. So he said he's coming to Ireland, actually. Yeah, for a wedding. Yeah. I'm a, bit like, I'm a bit like, can we get him on the show? But also, I'm a bit like, if he's coming over here for a wedding, you don't be like, here, come do a bit of work while you're over here, will you? We'll just try and be the wedding singers there. Yeah. Or the wedding crashers. But uh, yeah, Adesanya, what a man. Yeah, great personality as well. Definitely check him out. Uh, we're just going to move on to the Chris Wyman versus Jack Ray Souza fight. Uh, over the week, we actually thought that Jack Ray Souza would win. He won in the third round by KO. Uh, do you think this was a late stoppage, by the way, by Dan Mergliata? Uh Definitely. It was definitely a late stoppage. Jack Ray like, stopped fighting. He was, he, he was like, that's it. Yeah. I think you get to a certain level where you know when you finish your opponent. Like sort of Mark Hundesk is like right, he's done. And I was looking at Chris Weidman and I almost felt bad for him. You know why I feel so bad for Chris Weidman? Because that's the best Chris Weidman performance I've ever seen. And he still lost. There was, you know what I mean? People were saying that he won the first two rounds. Jack Ray Souza said he won him he, he himself won the second round. But like you're always gonna be like Well in fairness, it's a bit like Jack Ray was getting the absolute face jabbed off him, right? But basically Weidman was scoring an awful lot of points. He was scoring points very well. But Jack Ray was like, he was in there for the kill and he got the kill. You know what I mean? He's, they don't call him the alligator for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. He went in there, he got the kill and it's almost as good as I've ever seen him look. I, I, I was almost, money-wise betting on this fight, I was almost like, oh, here, look, I don't know if I can bet on one over the other. Like, I don't really trust Weidman's chin but then again, Jack Ray's getting so old, I don't know if I can trust his chin but that's the best chin I've ever seen Jack Ray yeah. have. Yeah, we said um, he, he probably is re-energised with the shaved head yeah and then also Chris Wyman bearing in mind that that knockout that he got against Romero was absolutely vicious the knee to the head that uh, with that knockout Souza got against him there I don't I can't see Wyman like coming back from that sort of I feel like he's got like head trauma exactly yeah. that's what I say trauma I, I, I think like Wyman's going to need at least like two years off and they're talking about him going up to light heavyweight now I'm just like what to face like Volcan or something? You know what I mean, uh, Do you know what? it's sad to say that like it's all like Chris Wyman's run has definitely come to an end. I don't see him ever making a run towards a belt in the middleweight division or well, who knows? Maybe in the light heavyweight division. I almost look at light heavyweight and going, the fighters are less skilled up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could almost be a more skilled fighter up there. Well, you know what I mean? having that head trauma and then obviously cutting the weight because he cuts a lot of weight. Yeah. He's gonna have less fluid around his brain, and like he needs as much fluid around his brain as possible. It's it's almost like he like quite actually easily beat Kelvin Gastelum, and I almost think Wyman actually is quite favourable matchup to Robert Whitaker. But against your Jack Ray, Yo Romero, even Adesanya, someone who hits like very hard and very precise, I'm like I don't overly favour him against those guys. Well then, yeah, but Wyman should probably go back to what brought him to the dances. You always say Maybe and start wrestling. implementing his wrestling game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he was almost afraid to wrestle against Jack Ray because then he's on the ground. But I think Wyman's jiu-jitsu game is good enough that. He could take Jack Ray down and stay in top control. Uh, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, the thing is, like, watching the build-up to this fight as well, 
Wyman seems like such a nice guy as well. He's like joking around, having the crack with Daniel Cormier, like hanging out with his kids, which look really cool as well. And it's sort of like you don't want to see a good guy lose the mm. can't not be able to do what he loves to do the most. You wonder ever since he won the belt, has he lost his killer instinct a bit as well? You know what I mean? When he was fighting Anderson Silva, he was almost like annoyed that people were like so dismissive of him. And then when he fought in the rematch, he, he was like <laughs> People were still like Anderson Silva was still the betting favorite. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like he won, and then he was like Mister Champ, and he walked around with the belt. And then you, you ever think, wonder maybe since he lost at that, people don't really care as much. He did seem a bit jokey, jokey before the fight because I remember at the weigh-ins, right? Uh, well, first of all, they having the back and forth saying he was going to play uh, play Daniel Cormier in Madden, and then uh, like it was this was actually hilarious, right? He goes out to do the face-offs with Jack Ray, yeah, and then all you hear is John Blanty in the background going, he goes. Chris Whiteman like, like <laughs> and it was hilarious and then Jack Ray's like no Jack Ray and then they were sort of messing and then, yeah. then Chris Whiteman started doing the alligator yeah. clap thing it was almost like he was a fan of yeah. Jack Ray yeah. yeah but the thing it was, the funny thing was when Cormier and uh, uh, Derek Lewis came out John Vlante goes like it was just like I don't know it was hilarious Jan Blante is one of the funniest people in the UFC Do you he almost you like I don't overly ever want to watch him fight like no. I'm actually not that keen like but like you should just be at all the fight weeks. He's yeah. just brought there just for his entertainment value. You can almost see him taking Ferris Whitaker's job later on. Ferris Griffin. Sorry, Ferris Griffin's. Ferris Whitaker, yeah. <laughs> Oscar Jack, winning actor. Yeah. Actor, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can see him taking on, uh, taking over from Ferris Griffin. Yeah, I was about to say Whitaker again. Uh, his role. Ferris, we were talking about Robert Whitaker two minutes ago, so I'll yeah, let you away. Because they're yeah. sort of like, the, he's sort of comedian as well. Yeah. Oh no, it's good to have these personalities. Characters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He should almost do it every time they come to York. He should do Forrest Griffin's job. Yeah. Well, Forrest Griffin's still only roughly mm. 40. There was also there was also two other middleweight fights. I think we just go through them real fast. No, we just go to the main one, then you go back through the want to go back? Yeah. All right. Uh, then, uh, yeah, sorry. So, who who should Jack Ray Sousa take on next, anyway? He's almost in a tough spot, because he, he like sort of deserves the winner of Gaslam versus Whitaker. Um, he, he lost quite badly to Whitaker before. And he uh, lost to Gaston as well. I think he lost Gaston as well, yeah, in a close decision. But, I don't know, like a five-round fight could be a different scenario, you know what I mean? This has to be his last <laughs> roll of the dice for it as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm a bit like, who else is he supposed to fight? Uh, unless unless they do Yoel Romero again in a title eliminator. That could work. Yo, Romero uh, pissed hot, didn't he? It's the last yeah. time. And Romero might be moving up to light heavyweight. They're going to have to source up. Yeah. You know I feel like the UFC are just going to see out the rest of the year and then take another look at what's going on next yeah. year. You know what I mean? I'd almost like to see Romero at uh, light heavyweight because I feel he can enter the top echelon. You know what? I'd like to see Yoel Romero fight Anthony Smith for a number one contender fight at light heavyweight. I think that would be a good fight. That would, yeah, yeah. Anthony Smith needs someone of that calibre that's not overly amazing like Daniel Cormier or John Jones. But... Uh, we go to the main event of the evening in the heavyweight division. Daniel Cormier defeated Derek the Black Beast Lewis in the second round by submission. Uh, this seemed like a total domination by Daniel Cormier. And it's amazing that he is still this brilliant at almost the age of 40. Yeah, uh, look, it played out exactly as we predicted it to do. Yeah. Uh, even got the right submission. Like we even said it was going to be a rear naked choke. You said that. Yeah, well, energy say it. Yeah, yeah and... That's exactly how it panned out. DC was always going to get his back at some stage. He's far too good a wrestler. Some, of the, some of the actual wrestling moves, like I, I don't know if certain people understand that, but like he went from a front headlock to an ankle pick during the fight, and like that's just like something you'd never see anywhere else. 
know what I mean? That just shows how loyal Lesnar is. Like, he went from holding his head down to picking his ankle up and then put, turning him upside down that way. You know what I mean? It, it is a very special uh, athlete that you have in Daniel Cormier. And also, I look at him and I'm like, he's so, like, it's the heaviest he's ever weighed in, I think, 250-odd pounds. And then I also look at him going, like, yeah, it is he, you can almost tell, like, he's, like, self-conscious walking around with no top on. You know what I mean? It's like, he wants to get his t-shirt on as soon as possible, doesn't he? Boy, it's... Yeah, he gets he gets the t-shirt on straight away. Although he probably gets more money with the t-shirt on as well. Yeah, just, he's such a good athlete. I can't believe he like looks the way he does, and then he's he's so fit. Do you remember we had that like sort of? I don't know whether we had it on Android Pro, but I was like, you can be fat but fit. That's like Daniel Cormier. He's like the epitome of that. Did do, do, do you like the way he gets so heavy? Because if you think about it now, you what he felt felt like two fifty four was it? Yeah. Um. Then like obviously you had to weigh him previously at like. 205 pounds yeah. you couldn't even picture him making that weight anymore couldn't you no no, he's never going to fight like heavyweight again uh, I just look at him and go he, he, yeah but I feel like he moves better at heavyweight he's faster than everyone at heavyweight he, the boy like, Tyson yeah but it, it suits him and like he's big enough he's strong enough and also I think from a technique point of view there's not many fighters who have very good technique at heavyweight compared to light heavyweight like yeah. you look at Gus and look at John Jones they gave him such good fights since he's gone up to heavyweight He's never had a hard fight at heavyweight. No, not even like, even, the stri- even the strike force days. Like Josh Barnett, pick him up, throw him upside down on his head. Roy Nelson, no problem with him. Frank Mir, no problem with him. And like that's like Frank Mir and Josh Barnett and Roy Nelson like five five years ago or so. So like they were in their prime at the time. And Daniel Cormier, he just beats everyone, not named John Jones. And like even Anderson Silva, like he just took him down and beat him like fairly handily. Like it wasn't. The most exciting performance, no. but it was so dominant still. I was very, yeah, it was very last minute for Anderson Silva. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. But uh, Daniel Cormier, Ross, we put a post out yesterday asking who should people, who do people think Daniel Cormier should take on next? Uh, the sort of three pe- people that were mentioned the most were obviously Brock Lesnar, uh, then obviously John Jones, and then uh, Steve Miocic was another one as well. And some people actually said as well that Curtis Blades. If he beats Francis Ngannou, she would probably get a title shot as well. But um, Daniel Cormier said himself now, he's nearly 40. He's 40 in March, I think it is exactly. Yeah. And he says he's only going to do one more fight. And he wants that to be against Brock Lesnar. But uh, obviously, let, well, let's discuss this now for a few minutes, right? Brock Lesnar, the last time he fought was UFC 200. Uh, he failed the drugs test against Mark Hunt after beating Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt's still going up against the UFC to get money for that. But like... Does Brock Lesnar actually deserve to come into the UFC heavyweight division, take on Daniel Cormier after, first of all, like, failing a drugs test, and second of all, like, not even being active since? Well, man, in fairness, DC Moy defended his uh, UFC heavyweight title on Saturday, but Brock Lesnar won the WWE Championship on Friday. Yeah, someone said that, actually, yeah. yeah I, was, I was like, I was like uh, fair, very valid point. Look, everyone knows what this fight's about. This fight is about the bottom dollar. It's all about the money. Yeah. Um, does he, like, from what he's done physically, does he deserve a title shot? Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's just about putting bums in seats. And no one's going to put more bums in seats than Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Like, in fairness, yeah, the DC John Jones fight will probably be a very big fight. Put it this way. I see DC versus Brock Lesnar, it probably does 1.2 million pay-per-view boys. Okay. DC versus John Jones probably does 900,000 pay-per-view boys. But I think the Brock Lesnar fight does a million pay-per-view boys with very little promotional work from DC's side. But a John Jones fight would, would require very heavy promotional work. Oh, I mean, yeah. they'd have to have a lot of back and forths. You know what I mean, 
Brock Lesnar is one of the few athletes in the world where he doesn't have to do anything until he shows up on fight night yeah. and people buy the pay-per-view. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't have social media. He's such a like, freak in nature that people have to check and see what he's doing. Yeah. Doesn't he? Isn't like, he? he doesn't have any social media. Yeah. You know what I mean, I clicked on like an Instagram that was like, supposed to be Brock Lesnar's Instagram. has 1.4 million followers and all the photos are just like taken off the internet and put on the, the Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there going... I still don't even know what it is. I don't know what it is about Brock Lesnar. It's almost like the name as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's even the... The traps. The, the traps are just absolutely enormous. Yeah, you're just like, who is this guy? I've never seen him before. And like, you just have to watch. You do. He's a, spe- a spectacle. He's like, yeah. he's like the human Godzilla. He Godzilla! Yeah, it's, it's almost like... I'm sure it was like Andre the Giant. Like, uh, yeah. I've never seen Andre the Giant wrestle, but I know who he is because he was so big. And I feel like... He probably wasn't that good a wrestler, but he was just so much larger than everyone else. It was like, you have to see him. Would you say Brock Lesnar is better than Derek Lewis? I think he poses more challenges to DC. Because DC's main game is the wrestling. wrestling yeah. And like Brock Lesnar is a very it, high level wrestler. And the heavyweight champion in WWE. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. In fairness, DC was like, bring that WWE belt. I want yeah, that as well. Yeah. Which Spit, I think is hilarious. Yeah, Spit showing that belt. You know what? I could 100% DC DC. Like buying his own WWE belt, and if he beats Brock Lesnar, he'll put the two UFC belts on, and they'll put the WWE belt around his waist. I can see him doing it. Although, like, I don't know if the belts will fit around DC's waist, but look, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure he has the same waist as Brock Lesnar. But uh, DC said he doesn't want to take John Jones on again as well. Uh, It seems seems like it's out of fear, doesn't it? As in, like, if he loses the third time to John Jones, well then. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if he's like, I don't want to fight John Jones because he t- he failed a drugs test, but uh, Brock Lesnar also failed drugs test as well. So yeah. it's like, what's the difference? Yeah, in fairness, very very valid point. I think it's just, I know I know his record to John Jones at the moment is like oh one and one, like he lost one and it's no contest. But everyone's seen him get knocked out with a head kick, so it, like. Ever knows he lost twice. Joe, you know Daniel Cormier, see the way he was so happy in fight week and all, yeah. eating his chicken and loving in front life. Of Jack Wright. Just yeah, just <laughs> absolutely loving life. I think he definitely wants to ha- before he retires. He's definitely gonna ha- want to have one big last tough fight. You know what I mean? Like a winner always wants to, to win, like win like the last minute or like mm. score the last minute goal or score the. You know what I think it is? Win somehow, you know? It's probably, you probably think it goes, if I fight John Jones and lose, John Jones will not only beat me, take my title, he'll take the Brock Lesnar fight. As no, opposed no. to if he fights Brock Lesnar first. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then yeah. he can fight John Jones. Yeah, he can't fight John Jones first. So you're probably yeah. right. I see him fighting twice more. I know he says he only wants to fight once more and retire on his 40th birthday or whatever this, but... Age is only a number, man. Yeah, but the way I look at it, I just look at DC going, you know what? When you back up that truck full of cash... It's hard to say no to it. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, because he might even take some of that stardom off Brock Lesnar as well. He'd look, he beat Miocic fairly handily first round. Yeah. Derek Lewis, even handier first round. Uh, second round. Second round, sorry, yeah. excuse me. Uh, Brock Lesnar, it's not going to be, like, Brock Lesnar isn't amazing in a strike. Yeah, he's not going to punch the head off. Yeah. So if you beat, you know what I mean? He, he's going to want to go out with a bang. And the thing is, he like, knowing that he's going to put it all into that one fight against John Jones. Yeah. That would and make that much money, and then if he beat him, he'd be like, you know, what I mean, the, he could have the biggest high. Yeah. Or, and if he loses, so what? Like, I mean, he's already defended the belt or a few times. You know what I mean? You know what I'd like to see? DC versus Cormier, and then DC versus Jones. And when DC fights Jones, the co-main event is Stipe versus Curtis Blades. That's and, the, sure. and then the winner of those fight each other for the heavyweight strap. And also, the shit thing would be if like. Daniel Cormier then beat Brock Lesnar and then retired because then like the heavyweight champ is now retired you know what I mean you want to mm. 
see someone pass on the gauntlet or even give some newcomer at the chance. Yeah, I, th- I think... You can't DC, take your ball and go home. Yeah, I, I don't see DC getting up for fighting Curtis Blades. You know what I mean? I, I just look no. him going. It's just like, he's too good, he's too young, he's not big enough name that he might as well retire the belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And let Curtis Blades fight for it. There's no money in that. No. If you, when you keep making money, if you're making a 10 euro an hour, 15 euro an hour, 20 euro an hour, you're not going back to a 10 euro an hour, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, so the prediction is Brock Lesnar next for Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Um, if Brock Lesnar fails, I don't see John uh, I don't see John Jones getting that fight straight away. I think I see Miocic getting that moving into that fight uh, uh, to take on Derek Lewis. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Cormier. Daniel Cormier, we think, is going to take on Brock Lesnar next. If, Cash crap. If Brock Lesnar fails the drug test or can't fight, I think Miocic is going to get the rematch. Yeah. And then, and then the next one after that would be John Jones. I don't think the John because. But if Lesnar shows up, do you think he fights Miocic next, or do you think he fights John Jones? John Jones, I think. If yeah, John I Jones so. plays smart, if John Jones calls him. It, it depends if John Jones is not very um, doesn't perform that amazingly against Gustafson, and then Cormier might be like, Joe, you know I can take him." Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of it rides on the 232 performance from John Jones. Yeah. It's almost the same sort of way if you look at the way uh, Tyson Fury's taken on Deontay Wilder. Like, Wilder's taken Fury on now after two comeback fights. You don't want to give him another... You don't want to give Fury five more fights and then take him on because no. then he'd be like... The Primetime Fury. Primetime Fury, yeah. But uh, there's a couple of other fights Ross wants to mention here from the weekend. Uh, one massive mention is for uh, Jared Cannonier. I really wasn't expecting him to come out and finish branch wrestling like he did uh, very very impressive and that new bod is frightening if you think about it though he used to fight a heavyweight he used to fight a low heavyweight and now he's down a middleweight so maybe if you think about it overall he, he was actually mentioned 170 in his press conference yeah. I, was like, I was like are you mad there's only one fighter ever who's fought in four different weight classes and that was Kenny, Kenny Florian was it? Yeah, he not fought, even BJ Penn no? Yeah, well, I think he fought open weight so I think it's different okay. but uh in the UFC, Kenny Florian fought middleweight, welterweight, lightweight, and featherweight. Uh, Cannonier could do the same thing if he drops 170. I don't really think he needs to drop 170. Great performance. Dana White didn't even want to give him the fight, and he went in there and finished. He did Brad say Preston. that, yeah. Yeah, so that was very impressive. Also, he had uh, Carl Robertson be uh, Jack Marshman. Big shout out to Jack Marshman's chin. It was actually like, <laughs> I've never seen someone get so punched in the face so many times and like not phased. It was very, very impressive. Um... Great performance of Carl Robertson. He's straight off the Contender Series. Okay. Also, Eubanks should not have missed weight. That was terrible. And then, like, she had to be nice to Joe Rogan and nice to everyone after she won. So, I, I don't really have too much of an interest in seeing her fight again. She had a bit of back and forth with Ben Askren in the back. Yeah. Her, because her Ben Askren was saying, giving out about her for us, giving out that she, she was saying she wanted a headline in the card. And then she goes, misses weight for yeah. it. Yeah. So. And then uh, also, another person we actually backed, Jason Knight, lost to Jordan Rinaldi. Yeah, he took him down and just, like, held him down. Jason might look very up for that fight as well, though. Yeah, in fairness, he, he tried his hardest to knock him out when he was on when he was on the feet, but that fight didn't last too long on the feet. Well, overall, what did you make of the UFC 230 card, and what would you give it out of 10, Russ? Uh, you know, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Uh, major points for Israel Adesanya. Major points for the Weidman Jack Ray fight. Uh, can near a great finish. Uh, look, DC just proves he's one of the best of all time. So what you give it? 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'll agree with that, yeah. Uh, before we go into UFC Denver, there's a couple of fights that were announced that we're going to discuss right now. Uh, the first one is Floyd Money Mayweather making his MMA debut on New Year's Eve in Ryzen in Japan. Uh, he's taking on Tenshin Nasukawa, who is 20 years old. 
Floyd Mayweather's actually 41 years old as well, so Floyd's over double his age. Uh, Floyd's record in MMA is 0-0-0. He's 50-0 in boxing, but uh, Tenzin's record is uh, he's a 27... I know, in kickboxing. Yeah. He's 4-0 in MMA, and he's like 105-5-1 in amateur kickboxing. Yeah. Ross, what the fuck is going on with this fight, man? I have no idea. Conor McGregor had a bleeding heart attack when he saw this. Well, um, what, what did Conor McGregor do? He put up a post to the two of them and said, who's this little shrimp you're standing behind in this? He goes, he goes is, that a, is that a sauna suit or a tracksuit you're wearing in that? Floyd Mayweather is he's a nut job. I, I, like, the Yahoo's must be giving him some serious cash for this fight. Yeah, what? what is going to even... First like, of all, they have no weight... Uh, what's class yeah, decided. The, there's no weight class decided, and the the rule set for the fight, nothing is decided as well. Like, what is even going to happen? This fella, this fella, by the way, is a bit like Showtime Pettis. Or sorry, he puts his hand on the ground, kicks in the head. Uh, flashy. He's only twenty. Why is Floyd Mayweather even doing this, man? Um, personally, I think Mayweather. It has to be a cash grab from, uh, Ryzen and the Japanese. Money, because apparently Eddie Alvarez is getting eight hundred and fifty grand from one FC, so there must be a massive amount of influx in Japanese MMA and Japanese kickboxing. So the money must be right. You must be getting minimum hundred million. There's no way Mayweather stepping into the ring for less than hundred million. Also, I feel like it's going to end up being a box match with MMA gloves on. I feel like that's going to be the source because that's the major point. What is the rule set that these two are going to fight under? Because there's no way they're going to fight under MMA. I don't see that happening. And especially because your man has a submission record on his win. So, like, therefore, he knows how to do jujitsu. And Mayweather doesn't. And also, I can't see him doing the kickboxing because I feel like you can break Mayweather's legs with a few kicks. Because Ali, Muhammad Ali did a kickboxing sort of, not quite an MMA, but sort of an MMA fight before. And he's, your man started kicking his legs and Ali lost the fight. Yeah, your man was lying on the ground. Yeah, so, if I'm being honest, it's probably going to be a box match in Japan. Which is going to be strange because it's going to come under the rise in promotion, and it's interesting that Mayweather would ever do a box match not under Money Mayweather. It's, promotion. A, co- it's a co-promotion, is it? Yeah. So I find it very bizarre. I wasn't expecting it. Also, fighting on New Year's Eve is a very random date. Yeah. Because most of the time, UFC duels is like main card the weekend before New Year's Eve because like everyone goes out New Year's Eve. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a bit of a strange thing to receive, really but I'm looking forward to how. It's all going to pan out. So I think the main question is, Barry, can you see it being fought in any other rule set than boxing? The thing is, like, Floyd, Floyd's obviously 50-0, and you know how big his ego is, and he's not going like, to go to Japan and get his ass kicked. But uh, and there's no way he's going to implement like, the kicking game as well. There could be a bit of wrestling, but maybe not jiu-jitsu as well, because Floyd's obviously been training with Tyron Woodley. I'm sure Tyron Woodley's doing that just to get in with the crowd. Very Tyron Woodley, but uh, it it just doesn't seem like a fight that makes any sort of sense. And obviously, your man, what's his name? Uh, Tenson. Tenson, yeah. Tenson. T- uh, obviously, Tenson's going to be getting paid loads of money to throw the fight as well, because if Floyd loses, he's not going to go back there. You know what I mean? But like, if I was your man Tenson, I'd actually make sure I won. Now he probably yeah. get he probably get assassinated now by the yakuza for doing it, but like everyone be like, that's the guy he be Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, you know what else? They also miss a step in promoting this fight because you know what Mayweather should have come out and done. Because Khabib keeps going fifty and zero versus twenty seven no, and your man's twenty seven no in kickboxing, yeah. and Mayweather should have come out and went 
50 and 0 versus 27 and 0 on Instagram or on Twitter and then like two days later announce the fight you know what I mean and people would have been like it's oh, McGregor yeah. Khabib McGregor Khabib yeah we all know Floyd's not like well he is smart but he's not yeah, like yeah he's not a genius yeah yeah. well yeah well not many people are as well yeah. you know what yeah, I mean yeah but he like would not have been so much better wouldn't it like everyone been like it's McGregor it's 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 uh, Mayweather Khabib it's Mayweather Khabib and then you find some other value who's 27 no yeah why is this fight even happening? Why man? didn't he get on the Energize before you uh, said he was going doing the fight? Why is it? Why is this fight even happening, man? Like honestly, I know the money thing, but it's just so so random, man. It was all of a sudden he was in a photograph with this twenty year old Japanese lad who I didn't have a clue who he was. Although, in fairness, Joe Rogan made a very good point that he was <laughs> saying that Joe Rogan makes a lot of good points, but saying that if anything, it would like give people an excuse to Google this guy's name and watch his videos and see who he is because he's like a world class talent. Oh yeah, you know what I mean like out of this world. So, like, this was a superstar in Japan. and There must be serious catch in the Asian mixed martial arts game. Well, suppose he isn't that big of a superstar. Maybe around globally people may be insane. Well, but that, uh, like, he's only 20. Like, he can't um, be that. Well, I'm sure in Asia he's a big enough superstar. Yeah, big enough. Yeah, I don't yeah. th- he's, not, he's not like the Irish McGregor as well. So no, the, obviously not. That's the weird thing about this. Yeah, but in Japan it's all about, like, respecting the martial arts. And uh, You know what I mean? If someone came on and was doing all the trash talk, they'd probably be like, here, who is this fella? There's going to be zero trash talk here as well. Unless it's yeah. all, like... Uh, Translated and stuff. I don't know. It's just such a weird thing. Like it'd be like hopefully Floyd loses. But the thing is, Money Mayweather's back in like back talking. He must be like back in people's mouths. So yeah, that's exactly what he wants. He does a very good job of keeping his name relevant. He does. He does. But uh, it'd be interesting to see like how fast your man gets to a million Instagram followers as well. Yeah, suppose he hasn't got that much of a following I think in Japan. Seventeen thousand on Instagram. If he wins, that like everyone will know his name. Yeah, you see, you'll be going from next. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, also is there anything else to say about that well, like, do you think that fight's going to be corrupt or what yeah when it's always in Japan I'm always a bit like sceptical hippo wise you know what I mean if Floyd's not losing and if he does lose your man Tenson's going to either be like assassinated or put into jail yeah <laughs> you know what I mean uh, also big fight was announced Ben Askren who has been re- who has been traded to the UFC in exchange for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is, has got a fight announced. He's taking on Ruthless Robbie Lawler on January 26th in Anaheim at UC 233. Uh, Ross, Ben Askren called out everyone in the welterweight division. And one of the only people he didn't call out was Robbie Lawler. And uh, now he's fighting Robbie Lawler. I actually think stylistically wise, this is probably the worst matchup for him as well. Because Robbie Lawler is obviously very heavy handed, but he's also quite good sprawler. So. Look, it's probably the hardest matchup for Ben Askren. I don't know whether they did that on purpose, but it's going to be a very tough out for him. And it's almost like the matchup I didn't want either because I actually really both like uh, I really like both fighters. Yeah. So I sort of both want them to win. But I suppose for the sake of going forward, I'd rather Ben Askren won. Yeah, same here. Uh, Robbie Lauder sort of had his run. Obviously, he was former champ as well. It would have been I would have rather if Robbie Lauder had taken on Wonder Boy because that would have been a stand up fight, and then Ben Askren taking on Darren Till. I think that actually means now that Darren Till is going to headline UFC London. That's in March, and uh, Ben Askren wants to get into the octagon sooner rather than later. So you know yeah, I mean? January. In fairness, Ben Askren doesn't take a lot of damages fight, so you could easily see him fight in January. Yeah, ESPN and then fight again in March yeah exactly Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if Ben Askren like chased him up the middleweight and fought him up middleweight you know what I mean yeah because you want a bit of back and forth you know I think he just wants to beat Darren Till I think he looks at Darren Till and like he clearly like asked Woody and Woody was like here he has nothing on the ground and like Askren was like right give me him 
Yeah. I'll fight him. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the thing is, Darren Till was one of the only people that bit back at the tweets towards him, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what you make of that? Well, look, it's a, it's a great, great fight. Uh, it's probably going to be the co-main event for UFC 233, unless they add a second title fight. It looks like that's going to be the card that abolishes the UFC flyweight division as well. Abolishes it, yeah. yeah. But uh, moving on to this weekend, UFC rolls into Denver, Colorado, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's this Saturday, Denver, Colorado is being headlined by the Korean Zombie and Yair Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, Rodriguez is, is finally back after running away from Zabit. Uh, yeah. What's it? Zabit Zapirasherov or whatever his name is. Zabit, anyway. Very Zabit. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to look through some quick fights because uh, when you look at the card itself, it actually, there's some. Yeah, the main card's brilliant. There's some good matchups. I'm not even yeah. going to mess. I, th- I think this actually looks a bit more interesting than UC230. Yeah, the, it's UFC's 25th anniversary show and they're going back to Denver, which is where UFC 1 took place. Uh, yeah, so we'll start off in the bantamweight division. Uh, no, sorry, excuse me. We'll start off in the flyweight division. Uh, Ray Borg is taking on our mate Joseph Benavidez, and uh, Ray Borg's back. He was originally made to fight on UFC two two nine. No, when with the he was supposed to fight in McGregor car, but then had to move from McGregor car because he's still McGregor. I oh, think that's what happened. Yeah, no, yeah. well, he was originally scheduled to fight. Remember when he was on the bus when McGregor threw the dolly? Oh, yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, UC 223. UC 223. So yeah. he's back. Uh, also, if you didn't know, Brendan Schaub actually paid for his kids to well, go have to school. Have surgery or something. Have surgery and stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, it wasn't going to school. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he, he, had surgery. Like. he had a surgery. He had a surgery. So fair play to Brendan Schaub on that one. Yeah, Joseph Benavides is back in action as well. He was out for a long while, remember? Uh, yeah, he lost the last fight to Sergio Pettis by split decision. So it's good cool to see uh, our mate Joey yeah. B back. Yeah, and the thing is, he previously beat Henry Cejudo, is the current flyweight champion. Who yeah, could be who could be fighting for the bantamweight title as well. But uh, Ross, what are you expecting from this Benavidez versus Borg? Uh, look, I'm actually expecting Benavidez to win here. Uh, Ray Borg was completely outclassed by Demetrius Johnson when those when those two fought, and Joseph Benavidez, maybe Barca Henry Cejudo, was giving Demetrius Johnson the best flight at flyweight. So I expect uh, Joseph Benavidez to get the win here. I'll agree with you, but also I'll say that uh, Henry Cejudo wasn't the Henry Cejudo to beat Mighty Mouse Johnson no. in that fight as well. No, you're right. Yeah, but uh, although then again, it was one fight later he was the fight who he beat to be just Mighty Mouse Johnson. But I'm I'm sort of just looking at the way Henry Cejudo against Mighty Mouse Johnson in the first fight, yeah. compared to Henry Cejudo in the second fight. Where, where oh, different gravy, chalk and cheese. Yeah, different gravy. In uh, fairness, people people actually don't realize. And maybe if you watch Joe Rogan, Henry Cejudo one like he's only been doing this for about four or five years. Mixed martial arts, and he's the champ already. Yeah, the ch- the only what the only ever champion, UFC champion and Olympic, Olympic champion, gold, Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, Jesus man, that's yeah. that's quite. And like he's not even seen as a proper star. It's crazy. Yeah, because you know I mean? because actually that's a good point because we asked who's everyone's favorite UFC champion, and no one said Henry Cejudo. Every other champion was named bar Henry Cejudo. A few people said Conor McGregor. Yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah, but in fairness, we're Irish. So what very, yeah, very people who follow energy. Uh, then it's. In the sorry, this is the women's bantamweight division. Yeah, they should say it here. But uh, in the women's bantamweight division, Raquel Pennington is coming back from her loss for the title against Amanda Nunes, taking on the last one, Jermaine Durandamy, the lineal featherweight champion. She's back, <laughs> she's back ever since her the win Order against, lady. Yeah, her Jermaine Durandamy is back ever since from her hiatus since beating Holly Holm and becoming the champ in the featherweight champions. Jermaine Durandamy I'm surprised she's even been kept on 
Uh, Ross, what are you expecting from this? Because Raquel Pennington was destroyed in her last fight against Manda Nunes. Jermaine Randomy's coming off a title win. Yeah, there was actually massive controversy uh, when Pennington lost to Nunes because her corner wouldn't throw in the towel. Um, look, I think on this occasion, I, I favour Durandamy. It's going to be a yeah. stand-up fight. I think Durandamy's stand-up is probably close enough to on par with Manda Nunes. And I don't think Pennington's ground game is good enough to take to the ground. So I think Durandamy's going to win. Also, Durandamy has no problem punching it after the belt. So, like... That's the thing. Yeah. That's she, 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 she's sort of win at all costs, Durandamy. Yeah. So I think... I favour Durandamy here. Raquel Pennington's more of like an MMA fighter that got into MMA to learn how to self-defend rather than being mm. a, a pure mixed martial artist. Whereas Jermaine Durandamy is like a kickboxing like champion and uh, stand-up extraordinaire. And also, she'd be Holly Holm as well. Yeah. A few dirty tactics, but some people do this stuff and get away yeah. with it. I, I feel like Ra- Raquel Pennington like, tried to do women's professional boxing there was no money in it. So then she was like, ah, sure, I'll do the mixed martial arts, but then never adapted all the mixed martial arts skills as well. Yeah. I agree with that, yeah. Then uh, in the co-main <laughs> event, Donald Cowboy Cerrone yeah! is taking on Mike Platinum Perry. Uh, Ross, there's been plenty of controversy leading up into this fight. Obviously, Donald Cowboy Cerrone was in Jackson Winks Academy yeah. for numerous years. And then Mike Perry's after changing the camp, joined Jackson Wink. And then, uh, do you want to explain the rest of the story from there? So basically... Don Cerrone's head coach has always been Greg Jackson. Mike Winklejohn also uh, runs a gym. Basically, Don Cerrone only ever pays uh, Greg Jackson to be in his corner. He doesn't pay Winklejohn. He doesn't train Winklejohn. Winklejohn's after taking Mike Perry and he's told Cowboy Cerrone he's not welcome to the gym. They're going to go with the new guy, Mike Perry. Now, Cowboy Cerrone was in with Jackson Winklejohn for like 10 years but I think yeah. there was a bit of, uh, you know, Bad blow when Jackson or when uh, Cerrone opened up the ranch, and then people were like, he was taking the people from there. So I think that's where the bad blood sends from. I actually don't really like Cerrone for this fight. Oh. Uh, Perry just beat Felder in his last fight. That was a deadly fight. Well, it was an absolutely incredible fight. But I think Cerrone has too many more miles on him than Felder, that he doesn't have that many wars left in him. And I think Perry's going to be told exactly how to beat uh, Cerrone. If anyone knows how to beat Cerrone, it's his own gym. And I'd see. Mike Perry win him, I'm going to say by TKO. I think he's going to go to the liver and that's where he's going to finish him. Perry's bigger, stronger, hits younger, harder. hits harder. Cowboy Strong, we know he does not like to get hit. Uh, like, look at Ask Darren Till. Mm. So I think Perry's just the best bet. Yeah, although then again, like, Perry sort of almost reminds me a bit of a Rick story as well. That, like, Cerrone, I think, is going to be technically better. And if he could put a really good combo together early, well, then maybe might get the job done. I think one thing Donald Cerrone needs to definitely start doing is he needs to do a few rounds in the back to be like warmed up because like he looks like he doesn't do a stretch until he gets into the octagon and the first round is always terrible for him. You'll be able to tell what type of cowboy is in the octagon by his haircut. Anytime he lets his hair grow, he actually tends to lose. He's actually lost four of his last five fights and uh, when he has a shaved head, he looks like he's in the zone. He means business. Yeah. That's funny to even mention that, but... Yeah. Uh, Things like that actually happen. He, Barry almost rings me and goes, he doesn't have the head shaved, he's losing, man, yeah. he's losing. Yeah, but he never looked like he was ready when he had his hair long. But no. uh, I'll go with Mike Perry as well. And then in, moving on to the main event of the evening. evening. In the main event, the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung is taking on Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Ross, what are we expecting from this headliner? Because obviously Chan Sung Jung was meant to headline the card against Frankie Edgar. Yari Rodriguez has to come in with about three weeks' notice. Anything to avoid fighting is the beef for El Pantera. Anything. Uh, look, El Pantera, 
Jair Rodriguez, he's one of the flashiest fighters. He's probably the flashiest fighter in the UFC, including Anthony Pettis. He has an absolute massive bag of tricks. But the only problem is, I think when he tries to show off his bag of tricks against the elite of the elite, he ends up paying for it. Uh, well, that was only really against Frankie Edgar. Yeah, but I think Korean Zombies like of an equal caliber to Frankie Edgar. He's coming off a knockout win of Dennis Bermudez, and Dennis Bermudez is as tough as they come. So yeah, who had one of the longest active win streaks in the bantamweight division? Yeah, um, featherweight, featherweight. Don't worry, bud. You're you're always good for the weight classes. I always get them right. <laughs> uh, but the way I look at it is, Korean Zombie. I think he's going to finish him in this fight. Um, also, Yair Rodriguez had such a bad eye injury in the Edgar fight that I think I'm going to back the Korean Zombie. And over five rounds, I think a TKO in the fourth round. That's what I'm looking for. I'm going to agree with you. I think if Yair Rodriguez thinks... Like, if Yair wins this fight, he's going to have to fight to beat. Yeah. So, if he's like, if I lose this, I'll never have to fight to beat. There you go, man. Yeah, I, th- I think if Korean Zombie wins, he should fight to beat as well. Why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, also, there's a girl that I want you to look out for. Her name is Macy Barber. She's 4-0. She came through the Dana White Contender Series. She's only 20. And uh, I, for some reason, in my head, think that she could be the next Ronda Rousey. Maybe not as big as a superstar, but... Uh, Dominant. Possibly as dominant. Uh, Ross, is there anyone else in the card we should look um, out for? Yeah, and it's very rare that you like couldn't be being like, this is the guy. Uh, obviously, uh, Luis Pena, what's his name? Violent Bob Ross or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight because he's undefeated and the only reason he wasn't in the finale of the Open Fighters is he got injured. So he should be uh, good to watch as well. Pre- previously beat Richie Smullen. Yeah, which was very impressive. And also, uh, David Ramos fighting earlier on the card. If you're looking to win a bit of money, back him to win by submission. He's very, very good on the ground. Yeah, and uh, there's the Battle of the Babes. Uh, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley Oder is taking on Amanda Cooper. Uh, what are you thinking here, Ross? Oh, I'm up for Ashley Oder because I think she's actually that bit better looking. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree oh, with and that. don't forget your mate Darius is fighting. Great card. Yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting card in Denver. Hopefully everyone has a great night there. But uh, is there anything else to say in the world of mixed martial arts before we give uh, David Bellew... Oh, sorry. Tony uh, Tony Bellew Bellew a shout-out. No, I think we're going to move straight into Tony Bellew versus Usyk. Uh, Look, this is Tony Bellew's last chance to become the champion of all the belts. Yeah. Uh, Usyk is an absolute phenom. 15-0, Olympic gold medalist. And I actually watched some of his highlights there and he, like, he was dancing in the middle of the ring against people. I can't believe how much of a superstar Usyk isn't. As in, like, you yeah. see him arrive from the airport at Sky Sports and they're just like, there he is there. It's <laughs> almost like he walked out and like, like you're getting lit home from your dad. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then he opens his jacket and it's a Ukrainian flag and everyone's yeah. like, all right. Who? Yeah, but like Sky Sports barely even showed up to the airport to welcome, welcome him. You know what I mean? It's funny, like the people don't, but like people just don't give a rat. They don't do that. Like, yeah, but this is clearly the biggest payday of his career as well. And I, I expect him to get the job done against Belly. Beforehand, I was like, I think Belly might win because Belly was like a real like fighter's fighter. You know what I mean? Like, he gets in, he gets stuck in. He like he has no problem making ugly. But your man Usyk just looks so like clean cut. Um, when, when you like. When you look at someone like Khabib against McGregor and you see like the Russians, the Ukrainians are like of an equivalent and you're yeah. just like, they're so hard-nosed, aren't they? And you're just like, oh, they're going to win, aren't they? Yeah. Belly obviously loves his points as well. Yeah. And he's obviously like, uh, Usyk won the heavyweight gold in the Olympics in 2012. Belly was not a natural heavyweight either. So like he's actually, Belly was actually taking on a natural heavyweight as well. Yeah, especially considering the fight's actually going to take place at cruiserweight. So Belly has to come back down and cut a load of weight for the fight as well. And then Usyk's already like looked at moving up the heavyweight as well. So like Usyk probably has a, a stockier frame than Belly. So yeah. I'm going to say Usyk by decision. 
So there you go. So guys, thanks a million for uh, listening to the show. Thanks a million for donating to our Movember. Yeah, if you want to actually get the link, uh, just send us a DM and we'll send it to you as well. Yeah, because uh, it's making less people listen to podcasts if you don't have the podcast in the link. Yeah. So guys, thanks a million for listening. Give us a thumbs up. Shout out on the gram. And as always, stay energized.